Welcome to What's Up with Dr. Rupp, where we explore the supernatural. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Rupp. All right. Hello. Welcome back to another episode. We are on this podcast. We um, we talk about the supernatural. We do it from a biblical perspective. We talk about the things that are okay to do, the things that are not. And we talk about the spiritual dangers of um, practicing supernatural activities that the Bible prohibits. So today we are... Um, we're going to talk about yoga and Pilates. We've been talking about different, you know, well-being practices and healing practices and other occult activities to avoid. You know, we've talked about like Reiki and acupuncture, cupping, hypnosis. You can go back and listen to some of those episodes if you'd like. But again, we talk about things for Christians to avoid and why. And so we're going to talk more about what not to do today for Christians, and that includes yoga and some forms of Pilates. So what is yoga? Medical news today defines yoga as being a mind and body practice. They say that various styles of yoga combine physical postures, breathing techniques, and meditation or relaxation. Um, Yoga, it's an ancient practice. It may have originated in India, but it involves movement of your of your physical body, meditation, and different breathing techniques to promote mental and, and physical well-being, supposedly. But there are some dangers to it. Um, one of the things that Wikipedia says about yoga is that it's a group of physical, mental, and spiritual practices or disciplines which originated in ancient India and aim to control and still the mind, recognizing a detached witness consciousness untouched by the mind and mundane suffering. Um, from Merriam-Webster, they say that there's a Hindu theistic philosophy that teaches the suppression of all activity of, bo of body, mind, and will in order that the self may realize its distinction from them and attain liberation. Um, and then there are other sources that say that yoga actually began among shaman sorcerers as a means of honoring pagan deities and coming into an occult experience. There are several different types of yoga and there are lots of different um, disciplines within the practice. So some of those include on um, working on opening the chakras and the third eye that's in the forehead. Meditation is another one. The kundalini awakening that has to do, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and often people who um, do yoga and other occult or new age activities or practices, they will do um, other kinds of counterfeit or false healing practices like Reiki or energy healing, using energy to heal people. And the energy is not coming from God. It's coming from the counterfeit source, which if it doesn't come from God, it comes from Satan or his demons. So a yogi, you may hear the word ter the term yogi. It is a person who is committed to the practice of yoga. And so usually the person who is leading the yoga classes, they're called a yogi. So some origins of um, yoga. So according to Webster's New World Dictionary, yoga is a mystic Hindu discipline for achieving union with the supreme spirit through meditation, prescribed postures, and controlled breathing. Um, they say that it, there's different sources. They theorize or speculate that it originated in ancient Egypt sometime between the 5th 
in the third centuries BC. It is rooted in Indian philosophy and from Hindu, and it's rooted in Hinduism. Um, it began as a spiritual practice, but has become a popular way of promoting physical and mental well-being. We're going to talk about that. Um, the definition of yoga as union is also associated with Patanjali, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, and more precisely, the union between you and the divine called Purusha. I'm not sure if I pronounced that one right either. But in Christianity, our divine is the God of the Bible, the creator of the earth, the creator of us. That is our supreme being, right? It's the, the God of the Bible. And... um. A lot of sources say that the end result of yoga practices is to enter an occultic encounter with divination and sorcery through the demonic kundalini spirit. And the kundalini spirit masquerades as the Holy Spirit. And some Christians even believe that when they are um, experiencing visitations from the spirit, that it is the Holy Spirit. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that quite a bit, a little bit further down here. So yoga is typically viewed as being either a Hindu or a new age practice, and it is con considered to be spiritual, but not religious. Dr. John Weldon, he wrote that the physical practice of yoga is designed to alter a person's consciousness and bring occult transformation, and that yoga practices develop psychic powers and other occult abilities. And we've, you know, talked in prior episodes as well about when you alter a person's consciousness, like with uh, with hypnosis, for example, that it's not a good thing. Okay, so the word yoga, it actually means to union, yoke, or join together. And in yoga, it's considered to be union with their supreme being. So yoking, joining together, bringing together, bonding together um, the person with their supreme person. And the poses, the, the poses that are done in yoga, the different moves and poses, um, they are actually poses of worship to false Hindu gods. There's only one God. It's the God of the Bible. But in Hinduism, they have up to 330 million gods that they can worship. And these yoga poses and postures are offerings or welcomings or poses of worship to these Hindu gods, which if it is a false god, it is a demon. And essentially all all worship of, of anything other than God is worship of a certain demon and it's in a hierarchy with Satan at the very top. So any of these things, if you're worshiping a false Hindu God, you are essentially worshiping Satan because he is the one who is at the very top of that hierarchy. Um, so some examples would be the sun stretch. The sun stretch is worship of the Hindu sun God. So if you are worshiping demons, you are being yoked to them. Remember that word yoga means yoke, to, to bond together, to union, to join together. So if you are worshiping a demon by doing a pose to a false god, which is a demon, you are being yoked to them. And I'm going to share some deliverance stories a little bit further down here. But if you worship something, you empower it. And the demons, demons that you are worshiping and your poses can actually attach to you. They can come into your body and you'll have to be delivered from those. 
if you want to be, which I hope you would be. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the breathing techniques that are done um, when people are performing yoga because meditation is often associated with yoga. That's, you know, one of the common things to do when you're doing yoga. So one site says that yoga's breathing techniques called pranayama, again, not sure if I'm pronouncing that one right, but the breathing, these breathing techniques may seem stress relieving, yet they can be an open door to the psychic realm, inhaling and exhaling certain energies, which this is really interesting because they're saying that you can inhale and exhale certain energies, which these energies would be demonic spirits. Now, God, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So there's, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. So God, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, he is described as being a Ruach and some different definitions of that word Ruach or spirit. It means spirit, wind, or breath. And God, gives us breath. He gives us the breath of life. Remember, he breathed into Adam after he created Adam from the dust of the ground. He breathed into him to give him life in Genesis 2-7. Um, it says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. So Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, um, it appears in the Old Testament and for Psalm 5111, when David was praying, he said, don't cast away from me your presence and do not take your Ruach HaKadosh from me. Um, each breath that we take when we inhale and we exhale, it makes different sounds. And each breath that we take, this is so interesting. It actually, um, it, we are actually, when we're breathing, we are actually saying the word, um, for Yahweh. So the name Yahweh, it comes from the Hebrew letters um, Y-H-W-H for yud Hey vav Hey, And it's used as, the, you know, the name for God in the Bible. And so the modern name Yahweh has the, the vowels to assist in the pronunciation. And Yah is the Hebrew word meaning Lord. Way is the Hebrew, which means Jehovah or the existing one. And so he gives us breath. That's how we're able to be alive and have our being is because he gives us breath. But with every breath that we breathe, when we, we inhale, we breathe in Yah. And when we exhale, we exhale the, the way. So when every time we're breathing in and out, we are breathing Yah way, Yah way as we breathe in and out. So every breath, um, but demons can also enter through our breath, through our mouth, and they can go into our lungs. They can go into our bodies. Um, and that happens. Um, and their, their breathing that they're trying to do for their relaxation, they are actually allowing demons to enter them. Um, chak chakra is one of the, the terms that you will hear with doing yoga and it's a Sanskrit word from Hinduism, and it represents the seven energy centers in the human body. And it's used by New Agers for meditation, for healing, and to raise self-consciousness. And um, there's various vocal points that they use in meditation, and, you know, their chakras are, are some of those. And with Kundalini Yoga, they... Um, the technique of breathing exercises, visual, visualizations, mudras, bandhas, kriyas mantras, they're all focused on the flow of the the energy through the chakras. And there are different chakras. There's the root 
the sacral, the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown. And the goal with working on your chakras and trying, so the goal with, you know, doing the meditation and focusing on these when you're doing yoga is to open and unblock all of the chakras so that energy can run freely through them and bring harmony between the physical body, the mind, and the spirit. So they want to do that until they eventually open the third eye that's located in the forehead. And they believe that latent occult powers come through that third eye that exists in the forehead. And you, if you've seen the new Doctor Strange movie, you will have seen it at the end of the movie where um, the sorcerer is doing all this stuff. And at the end of the movie, he ends up um, opening his third eye. And then this, this eye, third eye appears in the middle of his forehead at the end of the movie. Um, that third eye, it's often associated with religious visions, clairvoyance, the ability to observe chakras and auras, precognition, and out-of-body experiences. And people who are said to have the capacity to use their third eye are sometimes known as seers. Well, in the Bible, prophets and people who could see through visions or dreams are also called seers. And a lot of these things, the clairvoyance, the ability to observe auras, precognition. A lot of these things are counterfeits of God's gifts, but the occult versions are prohibited in the Bible. So if it's not coming from God, we're not supposed to seek them out ourselves. If God provides them and they're actually legitimate gifts from God, they're fine to use. But if we're seeking them out and trying to acquire these things, that's when it becomes prohibited. That's where it goes into the occult practices. And then you see the outcome instead of the gift of prophecy, it's then clairvoyance. And if you're not getting your information and the power from God, you are getting it from a demonic source. And that's not okay. It's prohibited in the Bible and it opens the door to a lot of different things. So next I want to talk a little bit about Kundalini. Now through yoga, there is this coil of energy that is released at the base of the spine and it travels up through the chakras and eventually releases this deep self-awareness supposedly um kundalini and you'll hear the term kundalini yoga there's actually a form of yoga called kundalini yoga kundalini is the name of a demon and this demon attaches to a person's spine um, this type of um, practice it originates in hinduism and eastern mysticism and some new age practices there's some chinese occultic movements that have incorporated this franz mesmer's occultic healing practices has this there are kundalini cults um, but in the hindu religion Kundalini is usually spoken of as a serpent force, so a snake or serpent force, and it's positioned in the spine. And a Kundalini awakening is also related to the opening up of the chakras and the opening of the third eye in the forehead. Now, the demonic Kundalini spirit, it does sit in the spine and it can cause involuntary movements in a human person's body body. So sometimes people will think that they are manifesting the Holy Spirit and feeling his presence and that he is actually moving through them um, when it's not. It's the Kundalini spirit. And so you'll see um, like jerky movements. You'll sometimes see people's like heads shaking back and forth. Um, I've seen a woman who her head was shaking back and forth pretty violently and she just kept saying, whoa, whoa. And she thought it was the Holy Spirit and it was not. Um, that type of a jerky movement, it's called a Kriya. And 
Another meaning of Kriya is an outward physical manifestation of awakened Kundalini, such as a spontaneous body movement related to Kundalini energy flow. So what happens is that the demon actually takes control of certain areas of your body and makes them move uncontrollably without you having control over your own body. And it can cause, you know, your body to jerk. It can cause your, your head to jerk, your back to, to spasm and, and shake and move. Um, there is a really good documentary and it's called the Kundalini warning. It's on YouTube. It's by Andrew Strom. If you're looking for the full version, I think it's like a 28 minute video. Otherwise, um, there's three parts and each part is about nine minutes long, but it's called the Kundalini warning and it's by Andrew Strom. There's a, he's got a YouTube video and my computer is acting wonky. So hold on one second here. All right, so I've got a couple of case studies here that I wanted to share with you. So in the book, The Kingdom of the Occult by Walter Martin, he gives a story about a woman who had a hundred demons in her. She had been involved in New Age practices and she had been um, doing yoga and the demon names, so the demons that were in her, she had about 100 demons in her, they were the names and the terms that came from the occult world, including the kundalini spirit, which is that snake spirit that attaches to your spine. And I have witnessed this when I've done deliverance ministry, um, spirits that we have cast out, they have been named after different occult terms and different um, yoga, yoga poses. So there were the different demons that were being worshipped. Um, and then there's another lady. So Pervy, she was a young Indian woman and she shared her testimony online and she had, um, she had been a former yogi and she actually has this video called think you can be Christian and do yoga question mark. And she shares her experience of being demon possessed because of the practice of doing yoga. So as part of her discipline in yoga, she had become overwhelmed with suicidal thoughts and she even woke up from sleep. So she had been sleeping and she woke up and she had been choking herself. Um, her physical health deteriorated. She started to experience pain and malnourishment and even threatened the life of her family. Um, and it was not her doing it. It was the demons that were in her. But she recognized her need for salvation and she called on the name of Jesus Christ Jesus heard her cry and delivered her from the demons that were inside of her and freed her. Okay, so those are some of the spiritual dangers. Um, there are also physical dangers involved with doing yoga, just so you're aware. Um, there were over 29,000 yoga-related injuries seen in hospital emergency rooms from 2001 to 2014. And from just the period from 2004 to 2007 alone, there were 13,000 Americans treated in ERs or doctor's offices for yoga-related injuries. And that's according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. So that's yoga. And I've also had people ask me about, is Pilates okay? And Pilates, I'm going to say, is questionable and it depends because some forms of Pilates incorporate aspects of Eastern religions or New Age thoughts, including like visualization, mind or spirit control, or different Taoist aspects of Tai Chi. And there are some yoga poses that are in the Pilates techniques. So for example, like the long stretch, the up stretch, and the plank are usually incorporated into most types of Pilates. So 
do your research on the type of Pilates that you're doing, but Pilates is also questionable. Okay, so why why shouldn't we do this? I've kind of talked to you about, you know, it opens the door to demonic spirits. They can come into your body. Um, but what does the Bible have to say about this? Well, yoga um, wasn't around during the Bible, so it's not in the Bible. Um, but the Bible does prohibit and forbid occult practices and activities. Um, so any occult practice is forbidden in the Bible. And we talked a little bit about how a lot of these things are counterfeits of God's gifts, but the occult versions are prohibited. If the gift and the power do not come from God, it comes from Satan and from his demons. And so we don't want to be involved with that. We don't want to partner with that. We don't want to yoke ourselves to any of these demons either. But the Bible also says to worship no other gods. We're supposed to worship God alone. And Exodus 20 verse 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. So we're supposed to, you know, just worship God. Deuteronomy 12 verses 29 through 30 says, when the Lord your God goes ahead of you and destroys the nations and drive them out and you live in their land, do not fall into the trap of following their customs and worshiping their gods. Do not inquire about their gods saying, how do these nations worship their gods? I want to follow their example. So it's saying, do not do that. Do not fall into their customs. Do not worship their gods. Um, we did an episode, and I can't remember which podcast episode it was, but we talked about gateways. And gateways were the doorways or entrance points and where how demons can enter into your life. And occult practices and yoga, they actually open demonic portals or gateways. They allow the enemy to enter into your life to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. It's the thief, the devil, the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. But everything that comes from the enemy, whatever we get involved with, with occult activities, the end result is that the, when the devil's there, he is going to steal, kill, destroy. He is not for you. He is against you. He hates you. Um, so not only are these yoga poses, um, worships, um, you know, it's, it's a form of worship or an offering of worship to these false Hindu gods, of which there are many, but it can also, um, yoga can also be a form of worship to other humans. And I'm going to explain that. So if you take a yoga class in the United States, the teacher will most likely say namaste at the end of class. It is a Sanskrit phrase. And you're starting to hear this in lots of different places. I'm hearing it on kids shows for teenagers. I'm hearing the kids say to each other namaste. And what it basically means is I bow to you. It's a Sanskrit phrase. It means I bow to you. And so sometimes they'll place their hands together at the heart area, close your eyes and bow. And another thing that it can mean is that the God in me bows to the God in you or the divine in me bows to the divine in you. So if you are bowing and worshiping and saying, I worship you, I bow to you, I bow to the God in you or the divine in you, um, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to worship God and him only. We're not supposed to worship other humans. We're not supposed to worship angels. We worship God and that's it. We don't worship dead people. Um, we worship God. That's it. So we're supposed to worship God and God 
alone. Jesus himself, when he walked this earth, he said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's Luke 4, 8. So Jesus himself is saying, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So since yoga is pagan in origin, it incorporates poses of worship to Hindu gods. I'm saying don't do it. Um, I did get some info from Dave Williams Ministries. He had written a position paper on yoga and he, he actually says, you know, don't do yoga and don't do any kind of thing that is labeled as Christian yoga because that's still, you know, the poses are still worships to different demon principalities and gods. So all different forms of Christian yoga that you might hear, you might hear it called holy yoga, numa yoga, Christian yoga, Yahweh yoga, Jesus yoga, God yoga, praise works yoga, or Christ-centered yoga. And he says that the invocations of Jesus, the images of the cross, meditations on Jesus, or playing of Christian hymns or music, or being mindful of biblical scriptures cannot change the nature of yoga. And I completely and totally agree with that statement. So what can you do if you have done yoga and you might possibly um, be affected by demonic spirits? You can repent. You can tell God, hey, I'm sorry for doing this. I ask you to forgive me. I didn't know. Um, you can try to be as specific as possible. You're also going to want to repent from any um, related um, occult practices that may have been used or incorporated as well, like meditation. So you repent, you ask God for forgiveness, you tell him you're sorry, and then you don't do those activities again. Um, and then you want to renounce the yoga and the activities. So what you do is you speak out loud that you are breaking agreement, that you are renouncing yoga, and that you are breaking agreement with anything of the enemy you're coming out of agreement with it and you're rejecting the activity and any um, demonic spirits that are involved. And again, you want to be as specific as possible. And by doing this, by renouncing it, speaking out loud that you renounce it, you are breaking and canceling any contracts that may have been formed in the spirit realm because of you participating in these practices like yoga or meditation or Reiki healing or whatever else, you know, may have been involved. And then after you've repented, and renounced, then you can cast out any of the spirits that may have entered. So you just simply say, I command these spirits to go in Jesus name. And then you're going to want to remove any objects that may have been used. So like, you know, maybe a yoga mat, if you were using any crystals or, um, you know, anything that may have been used, you know, burning um, sage or incense, any of those things that may have been used get rid of them, destroy them if possible, but you're going to want to get them out of your house and, and get them out of your life. Um, and I think that pretty much covers all of my notes that I have for, for yoga. So let me just follow up with just a few quick things real quick here. So I have hit my one year anniversary for this podcast. Um, yesterday was um, the one year anniversary for this podcast. And so I want to do a giveaway to celebrate. So I'm going to give um, one person, I'm going to do a drawing at the end of this, and I'll give one person a set of uh, my two books, Keys to Healing and Weaponized Prayer, and then the study guides that go with each book. And then I will also do a copy of my brand new book that will be coming out 
very soon. I don't want to give a specific deadline yet, but it will be coming out very, very soon. Um, and to enter this contest, you're going to go to my Facebook page. So Dr. Melissa Rupp on Facebook, and you're going to find the post that talks about the one year anniversary and the giveaway. You're going to like the post, share the post, and then go back and type done in the comments, and then you will be entered to win. And I will draw a winner on November 30th. And then, um, if you are interested in donating to my ministry, if you feel led to do that, you can go to melissarupp.com for all of my links. There are links to there for um, all of my social media accounts to donate, to access um, this podcast and all the different platforms. So it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on Apple. So there's links there to, to get to different um, the different platforms. And there's links to find my books on Amazon or on my, uh, my own um, square shop account where you can go to buy my books. And if you go to buy them there, the, it will be an autographed copy. Um, and then I do have a Facebook page that is, it's a, it's a group, actually, it's a Facebook group that is just for this podcast. So it's called what's up with Dr. Rupp. And it's a, it's a public Facebook group. And if you want to go there and, and join that group, you're more than welcome. So, all right, I'm going to leave you with that. See you later. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as we continue to explore the supernatural on What's Up with Dr. Rupp.